Uh, we've been emphasizing fathering uh, and mothering and uh, here a lot, and we're shifting from traditional uh, pastoral focus to apostolic vision um, and have been for some time, and we're doing that before we realized what we were doing. I used to tell people we come into more things accidentally than some people do on purpose. Um, just, just kind of by following the Lord uh, step by step as we go. And, and I've found that that's actually kind of strategic in a pioneering process. You have to be willing to be led in the moment sometimes. And uh, in fact, we came into more amazing moments in Peru probably spontaneously than any of the ones that we planned out. Uh, and that just, that just tends to happen. But, uh, you know, pastoral vision actually tends to focus more on mothering or nurturing, bottom line. Uh, nurturing the body, you know, helping everybody to get healed and whole and healthy and, and, and kind of keep them safe. Uh, that's not what we are. In fact, I've discovered that safety is not a kingdom value. Obedience is. God's warriors lay down their life for what they believe. They don't hold their own lives dear to themselves. They're like, Lord, take me, use me. My life is a living sacrifice. If it costs me my life, praise God, I'm counted worthy to give my life for you. Amen? Some of you can say amen. All right. But fathering and mothering are intended to work together. Uh, you know, that's not what you pick up in the broader culture today, where single-family homes or single-parent homes are emulated as the norm. And uh, even though those things happen and God gives grace when they, when they do happen, uh, and, and it's unfortunate when children are raised with only one parent, that's not uh, what the, the culture should embrace as the norm. Uh, you know, the healthiest way to raise kids is with two parents. Like I said, if there's only one, God gives grace for that. And that's, there's no, uh, I'm not casting aspersions at that at all. Uh, but I've been told that Jewish boys were nurtured by their mothers and guardians. Uh, and then at a certain time, they were taken to their fathers to come under greater training and discipline. Uh, in other words, there was actually a time that was established when the mother would bring that boy to the father and said, okay, now he comes under your authority and your leadership and your parenting. And this seems to have a reference in Galatians as a picture of the transition from serving God under the law to serving him under grace. Uh, and uh, as you know, the Bible is a picture book. I don't know if you knew that. You know, we had picture Bible story books when I grew up, but actually the whole Bible is a picture book. They call them parables or types. Uh, but the Bible is full of pictures, and if you don't learn that everything or many things are allegorical. In fact, Scripture says that Jesus didn't teach outside of teaching in parables. Everything that he taught, he presented pictures. It was a picture. Uh, he presented the gospel in pictures. And that's how the Hebrew language works. That's how scripture is written. It's full of parables. It's full of pictures. Uh, and so here's a picture that they use where they use that concept of Jewish culture to teach the transition from law to grace. In Galatians 4.1, he says, Now I say that the heir 
as long as he's a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he's master of all. You know, uh, when, when my son Zach was a little guy, you know, I, I never handed him the keys to the car. Even though he's my heir, and even though he is entitled to my wealth, if I had any, uh, whatever wealth I had, uh, yet I'm not going to give him the keys to the car or to the gun cabinet. That would not be healthy at that age. Is that right? And so the same concept is true, uh, you know, in parenting spiritually. There are things that somebody's not ready to do as an infant, and we have to be able to discern, you know, at what maturity level people come to. And so they use this concept um, the heir, as long as he's a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. And there is a time, I don't know if you ever noticed, but young believers tend to talk to Jesus a lot. You know, a lot of their, a lot of their conversations are to Jesus because uh, Jesus is what it's all about, and Jesus needs to be what it's all about. But there comes a time when you realize that there's been a shift and you're communicating with the Father. Jesus has presented you to the Father because you've come to a level of maturity where he now ex uh, relates to you as his own son or daughter because you've come to a place of maturity where you do that. And that's the normal part of our spiritual growth. And then he goes on in verse 6 and says, Because your sons... God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. The spirit, the Holy Spirit himself comes into us and fills us. And the first utterance of our heart is Abba. That's, that's the Hebrew term for daddy. It's a very intimate term. And it's the first sound that a, a baby typically makes, Abba, Abba, Abba. It's daddy in Hebrew. And... Uh, and so his spirit in us on a spiritual level causes us to come into that kind of an intimacy with Father God and uh, teaches us about becoming sons. Therefore, you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. So, there, But there are differences between pastoral and apostolic vision. Pastoral vision means we tend to focus on gathering and nurturing. You know, let's do a campaign and see how many people we can get to come to our church because our goal is to build up our attendance, to gather people together. And uh, not going to get into all of that, but uh, that tends to be when the vision is pastoral, that's what we tend to go after. Uh, apostolic vision means that we tend to focus on equipping, empowering, and sending. Uh, our goal is no longer just to see how many people we can gather into one place, but our goal is to raise up powerful sons and daughters, make them warriors, and send them to the nations to impact the world. That's an apostolic vision. And all of us can carry an apostolic vision because if we're a part of, of, a, uh, of an apostolic center, an apostolic church. And, and, and by that, and I, and I, and I want to clarify something. I'm not here to emulate anybody, including myself, as some great apostle. Because even though 
those things are very functional and they're very real, uh, it's time the American church gets over the personality-driven thing. It's time we get over that. Somebody was asking me earlier what they should call me. Should they call me Pastor Yuri? Should, well, you know, what should they call me? I said, call me Yuri. Don't call me by my job description. I have a name. That's what you can call me by. Does that make sense? And, and I, don't, I don't ever want this to become about me or any other personality. Because when it does, I know that my days are limited. Because God doesn't give his glory to another. If there's a personality that's emulated here, it's Jesus. It's not any man or woman. It's Jesus himself. And, uh, but because I tend to focus a lot on fathering powerful sons and daughters, uh, Amanda's going to share some thoughts on how mothering translates into your spiritual journey as well. And not only uh, for you to understand the role of mothers in your life in the body of Christ, but how uh, you transition into spiritual motherhood yourself and what that means for the health of the sons and daughters. As they, and then as she's, uh, after that, we're going to talk a few minutes about marriage. We're going to take Andy and Sarah through uh, their vows here, and we're going to celebrate them together. And then... We're going to take up an offering for them. Basically, they're starting from scratch. It took about everything they had just to get her here. And so we're just going to take up an offering to bless them, to help them get started on their way. And so just be thinking about that and listening to the Lord. Lord, what would you have me to contribute to this precious couple to help them get started and to show the love of the body of Christ to them? Amen? Miss Amanda. Good morning. So last uh, Sunday, Yuri, uh, after he preached, it was an amazing um, uh, message that he preached last Sunday about fathers and stuff. And so I was talking to him, processing on the way home, and I said, you know, uh, we need to share what it practically looks like. You know me. I would always hear a sermon, a powerful sermon, and then I would ask the question, so how does that look practically? How, how can I live into that? And that's how God speaks to me. That is what my life um, represents, I guess, in my journey. So, yeah, so Yuri suggested that we do this. And um, so I'm just going to share a, um, some things about um, what mothering is and uh, what I've learned. I, I, it's not ex inclusive. Is that the right word? It's not. I just am going to get some points of reference that I'm going to share. Okay, so I want to do a disclaimer before I start, and it's uh, that we're all in the process. And so what I'm sharing is not meant to judge, discourage, or shame anyone. I'm hoping to inspire and maybe give you some tools to become the best father and mother that you can be. Okay. All right, so uh, as I've shared in the past, uh, that... This is really big in front of me, you know, and I keep wanting to go like this. So I'm sorry if I do this. This is why I do it, because it's like it's a big barrier there, and I want to be kind of connected here. Um, so you know that um, 
I never, I, you know, I was Yuri's wife, and he was called to be a pastor. And I never knew what my calling was. And, and, um, and so uh, I was always wanting to find out. And, I, and people would say, oh, you're an encourager. And I'm like, but I want to be more than an encourager, you know. And I, um, so when I went to, well, Yuri, when did I first go to Peru? 10, 11? November, that's how many years? 13 years. 13 years ago, I did my very first mission trip to Peru, and, um, and something amazing happened. I began connecting with this young man, Saulo. I heard his story, and it was something happened to me, and it was like um, uh, I, I couldn't explain it. It was just something was birthed inside me, and when I left to come home, I literally felt like I was leaving a, a, a son behind. And when I got home, I cried like for three days. I, and I didn't understand what was happening. But I began um, uh, understanding. The Lord spoke to me and he said, I have birthed a mother's uh, call on your life. That's what happened. And I'm like, okay, so... What does that look like? How, what does it look like in the body? I mean, how does that function? And he said, the role of a mother is to unveil the hearts of her children and, he said, and your husband. And so I'm like, okay. Um, but as I began processing and I began realizing that that's actually what my heart is and and, and he began, um, and I began living into that. And what uh, I realized was um, that the Lord actually had been preparing me since I became a mother. And what, uh, in, in circumstances that he brought in my life. And part of that is, it, I was separated from my family because we left the Amish and I didn't have any family. And Yuri was at work a lot and we were not. Uh, real close to the church, and so my little babies grew up, and I would talk to them, and I would, sh- you know, share with them my dreams that I had, you know, it, just simple s- things like I was going to paint a room, and I would just say, guess what mommy's going to do today? I am going to paint this room. It's going to be this color, and they're like, oh, you know, and, but, but it helped me. My loneliness, actually, God used to help me connect with the kids, my children's hearts. And it helped me to share my dreams with them. And I didn't realize what I was doing, but I was inviting them to begin opening up to me and sharing their dreams. And as they grew older, I began to understand that, um, that it was very... Um, hold on, I got... I began to understand that they would, un- they would open up their hearts and I would be able to help them connect with what is going on. And they, I gave them a, an opportunity, like they had the freedom to, to, to share what they're feeling and what they're struggling with. And then I would help them connect with what, where God is and what he, what, what he, where he's working in their hearts. So um, I... I also realized that when that I needed to know what my children's like um, struggles or or shortcomings were, and this is the reason is because 
I needed to know that I need to help them in those areas. I need to know so that I knew how to help them. And um, Zach gave me um, permission to share some of this stuff. <laughs> He's like, I should charge you every time you share my story. <laughs> but um, when, 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 he was, when he was young, I, I, um, you know, he was raised in a, uh, he had three older siblings, and he was 12 years behind the rest of them. And so he, he came in the world with like, Three mothers and two fathers, you know, and and they all, he he was in a wonderful environment, you know. He was very much affirmation going on. He was very protected. He always had our attention, and um, but I, I I began thinking one day, what are his struggles? I mean, I need to find out what is how you know he's not he. I mean, there's issues there, some somewhere. He's not perfect, you know. <laughs> I need to know how to help him. And then one day, there was, through a prophetic word, all of a sudden I realized that because he was so sheltered and so affirmed that he had a really hard time connecting with others and have empathy for others. He, he had a really hard time like stepping in other people's shoes and understanding their struggle. And I was so happy when I discovered that because I thought, my mouth is so dry. I'm so sorry here. So, so it, I, it, now I was like, it wasn't a negative for me. It wasn't like, oh, no, he's got this issue. Plus, he didn't have any siblings to practice on, so he had to practice on his friends, which makes it a little hard to, but... But then I began to hone in there, and whenever he would complain or he would have an issue with somebody, I would be able to help him and understand, you know, explain to him where they're coming from. And they might be in a different home and you know, have different you know, parents and different circumstances. So I began using all those opportunities to help like, like show him how to connect and what is going on and get outside of his little you know, sphere of, or his little... Um, realm of what, you know, his reality was. And um, another one was uh, my, ch my, my, my grandson, and that's the same thing about with all of my grandchildren. But there was, um, so my I have uh, three, uh, my son Eric has three uh, sons right, right in a row. And um, in, the, in the middle one, Ellis, he, he uh, I noticed when he was just really young that he just loved to kind of like just antagonize his 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 you know brothers and and he and, and he and when we told him to not do it he, he like he, he didn't really he didn't have any remorse like he just liked doing it too much and I didn't know I didn't know why and and I I was like trying to understand him and so I talked to Yuri and Yuri's like oh it's easy he's the middle child and so the older one had all the attention and stuff, and then he came along, and then he had the baby right after him, and he was in the middle, and he, that's his way of getting attention. And so I'm like, oh, and I was, again, so excited because what I, what I began doing is every time he comes in the house, when he wants to say something, I got down on his level, and I made that contact face-to-face, -face, and I affirmed him, and I heard him, and, and, I, and it went away. 
and so, um, and then um, I didn't ask Christy permission, but, but my daughter Christy, I would tell her story too. Just an example. I have a lot of examples, but she was in high school, and and she did go through a uh, hard time. It was uh, some rebellion there, and and she kind of like uh, was hiding things from us and doing things behind her back and stuff. But I mean, God did this amazing thing in her relation in in her and it was actually her and her dad's relationship. It was amazing, but. Again, I taught my girls to talk and share what they're feeling. And, and, and uh, so later, after, after high school, she, she told me, she said, Mom, I am so glad that you allowed me to hang out with my friends. Because some of her friends were self-proclaimed atheists. They'd come over to the, ch- to the house, and that, that one actually said, you know, if I'd ever have a religion, I would go with your religion because I like your family. And... But what happened, she said, I'm so glad that you trusted me, that you allowed me to go and do these wonderful things with her high school friends. And I said, Christy, the reason I could do that is because you opened up to me and you shared your heart. And you, I knew what was going on. I knew all the dynamics that was going on in her relationships with all of her friends. And I said, because of that, I trust you. I trusted you. But that doesn't come... That, she was able to do that because I cultivated an opportunity or that environment that, that, she, that she would open up and share with me. And, I, you know, and so even she even, um, when Zach was, even before he was in school, she'd come home from high school and, and she'd sit with Zach and say, Zach, tell me about your day. What did you do today? You know, and so Zach picked that up very early too. He was, he would, you know, he would go to his siblings and say, how was your day, Christy? You know, it was so, it was so sweet. But anyway, that's one reason why Zach's so sweet because, you know, I got to just like pour into him and his sisters and his... (laughs) Yeah. But there was a time when he was about in fifth grade, he, or sixth grade, he started to go to was like uh, high, uh, middle, middle school or something. And then all of a sudden, he started changing. And he started saying, he says, Mom, drop me off. Like, bef- not, don't drop me off in front of the school, uh, the door. Says, drop. And I'm like, come on, what is going on, you know? And, and I, we would go to the school, and, 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 and he would totally ignore me. Like, we would go in events. He would totally ignore me. And his buddies would say, hey, is that your mom? He's like, yeah. You know, and he'd go. And I didn't understand that. And, and I was also trying to help him because, you know, he started growing some facial hair. And I was trying to help him, you know, be groomed, right? And he's like, Mom... And he resented it. And I'm like, what? What is with this? I'm just trying to help him, you know? That's when his dad stepped in and said, you know, I think, I think he doesn't want to be mothered anymore. And I'm like, okay. I, t- I told him, okay. You can grow all the facial hair. You can be as scruffy as you want. I, it's not my problem. It's... It's Yuri's problem, right? 
But you know what? That was a little bit of, um, I, I, it hurt me. It hurt my heart a little bit because I felt rejection because I didn't understand all the dynamics. But as I began understanding what the role of a father is, oh my goodness, I'm so grateful that he didn't stay under my little, you know, and even the Lord began showing me how, you know, when, when, our, when, when our child or yeah, our child stumbles and falls and cuts his knee. Um, the mother will go and comfort and, you know, and kiss it. And, and we, you know, put the Band-Aid on it and stuff. But the father will say, oh, you're tough. Come on. You can take that. You know, you, you know, and, 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 he, and, he, and he, he, he causes them to be courageous with, with that pain. And then he'll also say, man, you're going to have an amazing scar, you know. And, and, and so that, you know, so... And if you don't understand the different roles of, of a mother and father, then it, it, it can cause issues, you know, <laughs> in parenting, right? But, um, but one, one, one day I was, I was upset at Yuri because I felt like he was a little tough on the kids and, and I was having a pity party at the time. I was like, man, you know, you know, just feeling bad for my kids. And the Lord said... Do you know what kind of children you would raise if you were a single mom? I'm, so, I'm like, what? And he's like, they would be children with big hearts, but be total wimps. <laughs> and that's when I realized, whoa. Because even in our relationship, um, you know, I, I, I joke, but I'm serious, that Yuri is amazing. He I mean, he is incredible because I taught him how to connect with his heart. But in the same time, I am strong and courageous because Yuri taught me how to have a backbone and, and stand up to my insecurities, my, all of my, you know, fears and, and yeah. So, so I'm going to give you a little bit of a, some things that I talk that, I mean... I wanted Yuri to do the father thing, but I think, like I said, fathers give the children a backbone. They speak value, purpose, destiny, and give them courage. And uh, they actually give the sons their masculinity. And they give their daughters their femininity. That was like, when my daughter actually shared that with me, I'm like, whoa, that is so true. And, you know, we were always taught that um, you, don't, you don't tell your kids that um, they're beautiful, especially your daughters. You don't, you don't tell them, oh, you're so pretty, you're so beautiful, you're a little princess, because they're going to get proud. But you know what? The very thing that they need, religion will tell you to take from them because trying to manage their, like, character or their godly character when when actually that's the role of the Holy Spirit. And if we, if, if the father can capture the heart of his daughter by affirming them, they will begin opening up. They will trust their dad and they will begin opening up. And then when there's issues come up, they get to tell them, you know, honey, you, you know, you, you don't want to, you know, be, you don't want to show off. You, you want People, you know, when you want boys to like you, you are, you know, and you're valuable and, and you're worth you know, preserving yourself. And, you know, it, it gives them permission to speak to their daughter's heart. Uh, and they will feel safe with their father, too. Um, 
Okay, let me see this here. And another thing, yeah, I'm going to use Zach again. But he was young, and, uh, <laughs> and he was having a real attitude toward homework. And, and his grades were slippering, slipping, and, and um, I'm, like, I, I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I was trying to. We actually have a video of this. It's hilarious. I was, try, I was trying to get him to do his homework. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's, it's, we need to get that on the Internet. I think that would be a... <laughs> it's a prize, I'm telling you. But I was, like, complaining to Yuri. He's like, I, I can't get him to do it. He, 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 just, he just messes around, and he's, like, he, he, he doesn't pay attention. He's not interested. And so this is what Yuri said. He's like, okay, I'll deal with it. And he's like, Zach, you know, um, you can either choose to to decide, you know, you're going to take this serious and do your homework and get, get some good grades and pass. Or you can just keep, you know, messing around and, and, and not doing it and then take the, you, and, and, and take the grade over. It's your choice. And all of a sudden, he started thinking about this. And he's like, he came back later to his dad and he's like, Dad... I don't want to take this grade over again. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do, I'm going to do my work. And, and what, he, what we realized as, as mothering and fathering is that so many times we, we are like, uh, it's so easy, especially as a father, to, to point out all the flaws in the children. And, and because we want to help them, they, they see the negative stuff. And so they're like, you need to do this and you need to do that. And you need to shape up on this area. But we're real, we found out, and obviously we didn't do this right from, a, you know, from the beginning, but Zach, we practiced with the first three, and then we were pretty good with Zach, right? <laughs> but, but we learned to begin calling him up, and instead of just pointing out, and that's one of the things that I really saw happening with Yuri as because God actually birthed the, the father's heart in him too in Peru which was amazing and he said he and and then like spiritual sons would come to him and they would have be struggling and they would be full of shame and they would say you know I've I've backslidden I am coming into this whatever like it might be addictions or it just could be other stuff and and Yuri would say found himself saying you know what that's not who you are. Let's get to the really issue. What is going on inside you? What is happening inside you? Tell me. Tell me what you're dealing with. And then they would begin opening up, and Yuri would begin ministering to their heart. He wouldn't even go there with the addictions or the, or the, or the, the things that they were you know, struggling with. See, and, 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 and all of a sudden, they, the, the wound in their heart that was coming up was being able to be ministered to, and the struggles just kind of fell off. It wasn't, you know, that, that was not the issue. So that's another thing that fathering will do. They will actually see what is, a, is underlining uh, the, the issue. Um, fathers also bring uh, wisdom to their children, and and. And I know, again, I, I, I look as a, uh, every time my children would have an issue and they had a problem, you know, I could help them unveil it. I could help them get to the problem and discover, find out really what is going on. But then I would send them to their dad and say, go ask dad what to do. 
And Yuri would bring wisdom, and he'd find, help them come to a solution. And, and, he, and he, even as adults, though, he wouldn't tell them how to do it. He just says, you know, this and this and this, if you do this, or you can do this and, you know, whatever. It's, you know, he gave them options, but he helped them resolve it and bring wisdom to that. And, um, and again, uh, I, I just want to really emphasize on the two, the, the two, mother and father, why it's so important is that you have two different perspectives there. And there was a time, too, when I, um, when I, I the, the Lord taught me to, when, Yuri, when we had an issue with our kids, right, we had to deal with something, and I would tell Yuri, Yuri, just hear my perspective, and then you can go ahead and, and bring out the punishment or whatever, you know, discipline, I guess is a better word. And every time he heard my perspective, it changed a little how he, how he walked it out. Because men cannot see all of the, the dynamics of a situation, and neither can mothers. And, and, and for instance, when, when I thought about um, uh, when, my, when my children would have a, have a uh, okay, just even as a teenager, if they wrecked their car, you know, I, I would like, oh, let, let, let's just help them and pay for them. And Yuri's like, no, they need to learn how to be responsible. And then he would help them and come up with a solution. And I would feel like, oh, man, that, I just I hurt for my children because, you know, it, it was hard on them. And, and it hurt, you know, but that's a mother's, you know, nurturing heart. But I would, like I said, I would have just given them everything. I would have just bailed them out of everything. You know, but he, he, he's like, they need to learn how to be responsible. I don't even know how he got all that wisdom because, you know, he, <laughs> nobody taught him. Nobody taught him how to get all, but he was so wise. At the time, I didn't realize how wise he was. You know, I just thought he was being, like, mean or something. But, you know, I so appreciate what he has given into, my ch in, into our lives now. Because I see our adult children, they are so responsible. They're amazing, you know. And, and, and mostly because of Yuri. Because, you know, he taught them how to, um, to, to have discipline and how to own their issues and how to resolve it. And, yeah. So, but I learned from Yuri, too. So, I, I, I'm, you know... I'm okay with that. I, I think that is really good. Um, so, um, but the key thing about how to be a good, um, to be a good parent and a good, you know, a, a mother or father is it's, I'm realizing that it's essential that we learn how to be vulnerable because I don't believe that we can, um, really uh, parent well, we, can't, we don't know how to get to our children's heart if we can't get to our own heart. And so um, I was reminded about my own mom and dad, and, uh, you know, they were, they, they were raised in an era where I think very many, many of, of the parents there, they didn't know how to connect with their hearts and, and to be vulnerable. And so... When um, my, my mom died, uh, I realized 
that I don't, didn't know anything about her childhood. And so I, dis, I asked my dad, I said, Mom, Dad, tell me about mom's childhood. And he says, I don't know anything about her, my mom's, I mean, her childhood. She never talked about it. And that's when I realized that um, uh, it wasn't, my dad didn't know how to be vulnerable or be a safe place for mom to open up. And my mom didn't know how to open up either, you know. And so she wasn't able to. And, and one of the things that, um, that so, um, it breaks my heart to this day is that I see my brothers, I have five brothers, and they longed to have affirmation from my dad, and my dad doesn't know how to. I mean, they're, they're really great men, you know, and sons, and, and um, my dad doesn't know how. And nobody ever showed him how. And that's why I think, um, and I think my brothers understand, but just a simple thing as just saying, I'm proud of you, or just appreciating them or, you know, pointing out something that they're doing right or what you, you know. So anyway, and, and also I just wanted to, um, even just yesterday, I sat at a table with some women and it was so amazing because we sat around the t- and, and, and we went around the table and we opened up and we shared some of our stories. And it was a different mixture. I mean, some shared deeper stuff and others not so deep. But what is so beautiful is that we got to hear each other's heart. And, 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 what, and, and we were practicing vulnerability. And, and some went deeper, and it, and it kind of gives others permission to also begin opening up. And that's the core. That, that's actually the core of the women's ministry than what, what, what the Lord birthed, or gave me vision for. It's the core uh, thing, the, the heart of the women's ministry is to have an opportunity for us to learn how to be vulnerable. And again, there's no pressure. Everybody has that freedom to go the steps that they need to go. Like you can do as little or as much as you want. But when you're around that culture and you hear people's stories, you know, like every women's encounter night, somebody shares their testimony. And those testimonies, I mean, you get to know inside that person's heart and their experience. And all of a sudden, you, 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 you find, you see a piece of yourself in them. And it kind of like draws you to want to be more, you know, to be, begin to open up. And I believe the vulnerability and the connection is what is, God is doing in this, uh, this era, this new era. He's connecting, he's preparing the bride of Christ. And the bride of Christ is in unity. And I don't believe we can be in unity without having that heart-to-heart connection. And so, um, yeah, okay. So I'm going to end with this. I'm going to promote this again. If any of you women have feel like you're stuck... And you can't, you're, you're, you're pushing and you can't grow where, I mean, just something, you, you need to, you're stuck. I would really encourage you to come with me to this event because that's what they're going to be talking about. And um, I even, after, after um, allowing, uh, on this journey with the Holy Spirit, unveiling my heart for 30, how many years since we're saved? 36 years, he's still unveiling my heart. He's still at work. And so 
yeah. So I'm going to promote this again. This might be if you're stuck and you you feel like you 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 don't you you need a breakthrough and you just you just you can't. Please consider this. All right. Thank you. Isn't she amazing? Amen. Um, well, I'll tell you where that wisdom comes from. I highly recommend it, and that's Holy Spirit. I don't know how anybody can successfully parent without Holy Spirit. He gives so much wisdom when we lean on him. I'll tell you one, by the way, the family text group was blowing up just after she said that about Zach because it turns out there is a video of him. <laughs> and they were threatening to put it up and Zach says, don't you dare. <laughs> I'm not going to do it, Zach. I'm not, we're not going to do it. You're safe. Relax. Relax. Love you, bud. Anyway, um, one more quick story about the girls. Uh, I have two daughters, and uh, they were, uh, by the way, we're going to take up our offering just before we do the vows, so any of you who uh, want to participate in that, and you have to go, you can. Um, but uh, we had two daughters, and they went through a time in their teenage years when they were just feuding with each other. And they would, they would, you know, one of them would borrow the other one's clothes without asking permission, and then the war was on, you know. And, uh, and it was, uh, you know, we'd finally, uh, yeah, they didn't want us to resolve their issues all the time. And uh, we'd finally moved in a house that was big enough where they each had their own bedroom. And, uh, and, and finally I had enough. And, uh, and this was not well thought out ahead of time. This is Holy Spirit wisdom on the fly. I said, the next time... You guys have a fight, and you can't resolve it uh, between you. Uh, you're moving into the same bedroom together until you learn to love each other. Well, that's never going to happen. Okay. Three days later, it did happen. <laughs> okay, you better take stock of which bedroom you want to move into. Well, Rhonda had the bigger one, so that's where they moved. And they, it took, what, two years or three? Uh, it took a year. I thought it was more than a year. About, about a year and a half. It took about a year and a half for them to learn to love each other and each have their own bedroom again. So that's just Holy Spirit wisdom. But it, it, was, it was teaching them to take responsibility and learn to pay the consequences for their own choices. And for any of you who really want some wisdom... Uh, besides what Holy Spirit gives you, I recommend a couple of books by Danny Silk. And the one's called uh, Loving Your Children on Purpose. Highly recommend it. And the other one is, is uh, a little, uh, uh, speaks to beyond just parenting, and it's called A Culture of Honor. And that, that book was so impactful when I read it a few years ago that it was required reading for all of our leaders. I think it's the only book that ever was. Uh, and we should do it again because it's a very powerful book. Uh, what it teaches about how to live in a culture of honor where you transition from a punishment-based uh, parenting or leadership role to 
making people powerful because they choose the own, their own consequences for their actions. And if you raise your children, all you do is punish them every time they make a mistake. They're not going to be very powerful when they grow up unless the Lord gets in the picture. Uh, because uh, it's the wrong motivation. Uh, you are becoming the, their motivation for every th- choice that they make. And they need to learn to make powerful choices while they're young, growing up. By the time they're in their teenage years, they need to be making the majority of their own choices. And they need to be have developed to the place where they can make powerful, good choices because they've learned that the consequences for their own choices are what they're going to have to live with, not the punishment from their parents. Does that make sense? Anybody enjoy all of that this morning? Amen. So let's take up, let's take up our offering for uh, Andy and Sarah. Father, we're grateful for Andy and Sarah and who they are for your plans for them. We declare the plans that you have for them are amazing. And we're just, we're just uh, glad for the opportunity to sow into their lives, into their future together. We ask that it would be amazing that anything that uh, Sarah has experienced that would inhibit her in any way from moving forward and fulfilling her purpose and destiny uh, would be removed. And that this would be a time of much healing and restoration in her life as we welcome her to the freedom of the United States, uh, to uh, the state of Ohio, and to Freedom Fellowship Church. We thank you, Father, for freedom in her life from all the stuff that she's had to battle in the past just getting uh, to this place. And we just thank you for a new day for her and for Andy and her together in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take up our offering. Uh, If you want a text to give, you can keyword Andy. I guess uh, we already have a keyword Andy in there, so. I'm not going to make this super long, but I do want to talk about husbands and wives a bit. And uh, I'm going to uh, uh, take you through some of the things that we, that we do at, at, a, at a marriage, at a wedding. And so you'll all kind of get a little bit of a glimpse of that. And then we're going to close with communion together and with Andy and Sarah. Amen. So Ephesians 5, uh, I'm just going to... Uh, Read through that uh, for several minutes. Wives, submit to your own husbands, beginning in verse 22. As to the Lord, for the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. The, The Lord has chosen the husband to be the head of the home. He is the protector, the provider, the visionary. He takes the information that's available and makes a decision that is in the best interest of the family. And when he's in right relationship with God, he carries a peace that rules the spiritual atmosphere of the home. I said when he's in right relationship with God. And if he's not... Wives, God will give you a grace to provide that. I'm just saying. The wife is his greatest counselor, 
the one who shares what she sees, how she feels, she brings another dimension to his world, the dimension of feeling. For as the Lord has called the husband to be the head of the home, she is the heart of the home. She's the nurturer, the life giver, the one who awakens the hearts. She also helps us live life past the surface so we can not only see, not only hear, but also feel. Verse 25 says, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So God created the man, the masterpiece of his creation. Everything else he created from his creative imagination. This one came from his heart. This one would be like God. He would be empowered to choose if it was right or wrong. This one would be sovereign like God was. None of the rest of his creation was created with sovereignty. Man was. He would be empowered to choose right or wrong, but man was alone there was not another one like him to have a relationship with. And God loves relationships. And so God caused a great sleep to fall on the man Adam. And while he was sleeping, he reached into him and took one side of him out. And he formed that female side of Adam into a separate person. Just like the man, but completely different. He took her from his side because that's where she belongs at his side. If you'll notice, when my wife and I go through life, she doesn't walk behind me, she walks beside me. We go to cultures where the man walks behind the, or the woman walks behind the man, and I teach them very clearly that's not where God put her. He put her at his side. That's where she belongs. When the man woke up, he recognized that something was missing from him. He looked up and there was the part of him that was missing with her own beautiful body. He said, she comes from me, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. And he loved her. And thousands of years later, another man, God's son Jesus, hung on a cross and a deep sleep fell on him, sleep of death. And then a spear came into his side, and water and blood came out. The water broke. And out of that a bride was formed, her birthed, and one who is suitable for the Son of God himself. And on the day of Pentecost, she emerged, a new person that had never existed before. She came from him, just as Eve came from Adam. It was the church, Jesus' bride. Jesus looked at her and loved her. She came from him. How he loves her. She's bound to him in a marriage covenant. He's the second Adam, the one who will not fail where the first one did. She is his Eve, the mother of all living. As it says in 1 Corinthians 15, 46, first comes the natural and afterward the spiritual. 
So today, Andrew, when Jesus looks at you and he sees how much you love Sarah, he says, I understand. I love my wife the same way. I know she still has some flaws just like you do. My wife has some problems too. But I love her and I will help her work through her problems. I will remove the spots. I will work out the wrinkles. In the same way, you and Sarah will work through your challenges together and Jesus will work with you. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. For we're members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. And for this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. So when he talks about husband and wife, he's talking about Jesus and his bride. When he's talking about Jesus and his wife, uh, and his bride, he's talking about husband and wife. They're the same. Husband and wife revealed Jesus' relationship with his bride. How he loves her. How he serves her. How he gives his life for her. To protect her. To give to her. He and she are one. Verse 33 says, Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself. And let the wife see that she respects her husband. So Andy and Sarah, if you want to come. We're going to perform again, this time in a free country. This time before God and this church body. The vows that hold you together. Andrew, do you solemnly agree before God and these witnesses to take this woman to be your lawful wedded wife, to love and respect her, honor and cherish her, in health or in sickness, in prosperity or in adversity, and leaving all others to keep yourself only for her as long as you both shall live. And Sarah, do you in like manner solemnly agree to receive this man as your lawful wedded husband, to love and respect him, to live with him in all faith and tenderness, in health or in sickness, in prosperity or in adversity, and leaving all others to keep yourself only for him as long as you both shall live. Okay, we're going to have a ring ceremony now. The ring is a sort of tourniquet that symbolizes cutting off the circulation. Which is what must happen when two people get married. They're out of circulation and they're no longer available. Amen. Exchanging rings is a symbol of love. And as the rings have no end, so your love should have no end. Amen. Andrew, if you'll take the wedding ring now and place it on Sarah's finger while saying, Sarah, I choose you above all others.
to be my wife. I offer this ring as a token of my love. And with it, I join my life to yours. And Sarah, if you'll take the ring now, place it on Andrew's finger while saying, Andrew, I choose you above all others to be my husband. I offer this ring as a token of my love. And with it, I join my life to yours. Amen. Those whom God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Now, if you'll put your right hands together, we're going to pray a prayer of blessing over this union. If the congregation would stand, please, as we do, let's bless them together. Father, we thank you for Andrew and for Sarah and for all the dreams and the plans that you have in your heart for them. We ask that they would become their dreams, that they become their plans, that they would not in any way diminish or inhibit the plans that you have for them. We declare purpose and destiny over them. We thank you, Father, for uh, all of the battles that they've had to come through to come to this place are going to pay great dividends because these two are going to shake the kingdom of darkness together. We thank you for that. Father, we declare freedom over them. We declare destiny and purpose over them. Let their home be a place of hospitality, a place of healing, a place of refuge. Uh, we declare that many shall come in one way and go out another, that they'll come broken and they'll come hopeless and they'll leave with hope springing up in them and new courage and destiny uh, before them. We thank you, Father, for the resources of the kingdom flowing through their home freely as they love with the love that you fill their hearts uh, with toward each other and for your people. And we bless them. And we thank you, Father, for uncovering the path that you have for them together and that it's an amazing future together. In Jesus' name, amen. Andrew, you may kiss your bride. Amen. And we want to say to both of you, welcome, welcome, welcome to Freedom Fellowship Church together. As long as the Lord will have you here, we welcome you. Amen. God bless you.